What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. For the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50. 40. To the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. Let's go. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's intercepted. At the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this podcast. The Salty Dogs. Well, Jeff... You snarkily pointed out to me last week I know. that we don't have to say this is the you, Salty Dogs podcast know. because the intro just told everyone it's That's the right. Salty Dogs podcast. So I wasn't going to say it's the Salty Dogs podcast. And I, there you go. I know, but I like to get you cranked up before, yeah, well, good, before we get into good this. Good start. Thank you. Uh, we The intro does not say our names, though. So I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. And now everybody knows it. Uh, I guess I could have him say that, but... It's no, more. we don't need it. Okay. I like the intro the way it is. All Although right. at some point or another, we ought to put some different highlights in there. Well... Maybe after Tom Brady makes a couple. There you see. Look at you thinking, oh, <laughs> uh, you're such a Tom bright Brady guy. to Rob Gronkowski touchdown there back you, of the end zone. There you go. All right. All righty. So we're going to have another guest with us, another rookie, the fourth one we've introduced you to, and it's uh, Ray. Ray. Uh, now we're going to have to ask him exactly how to pronounce his name because I've heard Calais and Calais. Yeah. Have you, yeah. But most people are saying Calais, but we'll find we'll out. We'll find out. Um, I've heard both. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get to him, and that's always the best part of the show. So we'll get to him in the second segment. For now, we're going to talk Buck stuff. Yeah. And uh, the big news that just came out today, if we get this up today. Yeah, it is. Uh, or, or, yeah, this is. I mean, I guess you would consider it bad news because everybody wants to be in the stands to watch the games. Yeah. But on the other hand, I mean, I, I think you could also consider it. Smart news? I, I, Yeah, I think... We need to say what it is. Yeah. There are not going to be any fans at the first two Buccaneer home games, and then we'll find out from there how things are going. Sure. And <clears throat> you can say all, all... You can be as mad as you want as you hear it and everything, and it and it is a bummer. Um, but uh, as an organization, and I guess with the county and whatnot, uh, city, uh, leaning towards the uh, cautious side, which I think is prudent... Um, it is it it you know as much excitement as we have right now, you kind of have to let it digest a little bit, but then you also have to go for the greater good. Yeah, and we're, we're still gonna. I mean, everybody's still gonna get to watch the games on TV. Sure, and hear them on the radio. And hear them on the radio. Thank That's you. I should have started with wow, that. Wow, geez, really? Well, you can watch it on TV and turn the sound down. Sure, you can. <clears throat> That's, um, That's fun. And uh, I think we're also still going to do our in-stadium sh- pregame shows that we will then make available to people. Yeah, and, I, and you know, and I think it also, it, it, you know, there's just so many new protocols to go into the stadium that you kind of have to get everybody used to what's happening. And, you know, it's a safety factor, but I'm trying to look at it in a broader perspective as an operational factor of, all right, let's let's figure out how we get the players in. Let's figure out how we get... Uh, all the media in how do, how does all of this work? How does this transition into being really smooth when the fans come in? Because you know you have concession stands you have to think about, you have to think about uh, ushers, you have to think about pods. Um, Is the visiting locker room going to be big enough? Uh, I think there that's that's something that uh, they're they're going to end up taking 
excuse me, they're going to end up taking both. I believe they're going to end up taking both those locker rooms. What used to be Bucks and Visitors, Correct. and now the Bucks have their own big locker room, and those right. two can both. And be now used. it's Visitors and USF locker room. So I think they will have to open both up for um, for the visiting team. Yeah. Um, and and you know, on another side of the coin that I'm going to throw out there is. There was going to be a limited number of people who were able to go to the game, at least to begin with. And so I, I looked at it as, you know, you you will make – well, I'm just, I'll, I don't know if this is the official number. I'm just going to throw a number out. If you have 15,000 people that can go to the game, you have – 50,000 people that are mad because they weren't part of the 15,000. Yeah, but then they get to go to the next one. Right. You, you get you to move it around. Yeah. But um, some games would be more coveted than but, others. But I, 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 I do like the glimmer of, of hope that if things keep trending the way they are in a good way, uh, that fans will be there for the Green Bay game. That would be nice. And that would be that would be great. That so. Yet another incredible quarterback matchup in that one with Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and, and it's, you know what, this 2020 is just one big year of adjustments. <laughs> it's all it is. It's just one year of adjustments. When when it's all over, we're just trying to get it through now. When it's all over, we'll look back at it with 2020 hindsight. I can't believe you said that. It worked perfectly, oh, you got to yeah. admit. I paused there because I wanted, I, I didn't want to talk with all the laughter going Right, on. people are laughing and they sure. wouldn't be able to hear the yeah, next thing absolutely, that you said. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, the one thing that I don't like well, the other thing that I don't like about the no fans in the stands is that means presumably we're going to use the artificial crowd noise mm-hmm. like teams are allowed to do. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this last week, and I still don't personally believe that it's going to be administered perfectly in every stadium that, is, that teams will mess around with it. It's supposed to be one level the whole way. Yeah, but they haven't decided what level it is yet. I hope it's not the level we were hearing at the scrimmage. That we- was so irritating. We were hearing that level at 85 decibels. And, and constant. Mm-hmm. No up and ebb and flow at all. Between and, plays, you know, during punts, nothing. It was just a roar the entire time. Yeah, I, I, I think that I was – Yeah, I, I, I don't think that was indicative of what, what the game experience is going to be. I think that was just a, a – you know, so the guys would know how bad it you know, possibly could be. But I do know – I do know this. I do know on – People at home, if they watch the game on TV or if they they uh, listen to the game on the radio, the crowd noise you're going to hear, like if we're at Raymond James Stadium, is going to actually be crowd noise from from, Ray- yeah. from Raymond James. They're Stadium. all venue specific tapes, right? Yes, because the NFL films for the last I think it was like four years have been capturing nothing but audio, crowd audio, you know, mm-hmm. that, however it may be. And then they'll insert it as it goes. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the audio inside the bowl. Oh, well. Because, you know, you can feed it. You, you know, you can just, I'm just post-productions. Gonna, it's, keep color, color me skeptical that this is that this crowd noise thing in the stadiums is going to go well. I well, don't think I, so. I think, I think on a football side, I think you would want crowd noise because you don't want people hearing your conversations. Okay. If there's a, if, can't there be a middle ground between no noise because there's no fans mm-hmm. and that terrible thing that we had, which was a wall of uninterrupted, non-ebb and flow noise. I yes, because yeah. Jeff, they, they Tom Brady was talking about how he had to yell at the entire time. He had to be yelling, and mm-hmm. he wasn't even upset about it. He was just he yeah. actually seemed like he thought it was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. He can't if somebody yells his name, he hears his name, he turns around. There's people wearing face masks. Uh, he can't tell who yelled at him. 
which is something the league came out yesterday with. That they have to wear face masks on the sideline? Coaches. Yeah. Every, on, yes. So, and you don't have the advantage of, okay, I, I realize that guy's talking to me. I can hear him a little bit. I can also augment that by reading his lips, and that's yeah. not an option. So, right. it's going to make communication really, really hard. And, uh, and, and you don't, and it's for, for what? I mean, it, it's choosing to place an obstacle for both quarterbacks, both teams that mm. doesn't have to be there. Right. It's not because, it's not because the fans have decided to yell and there's an obstacle for the visiting team. It's because we need fan noise and, and now we're going to put it at this level and nobody can hear and it's a disadvantage for both teams. So what's the point? Right. I'm kind of hot about this topic. No, I so. noticed you're very salty on this. It doesn't stuff. seem like anybody else is bothered by that. I, I keep well, telling this to people and nobody seems to be on my side on we, this one. We were sitting not too far apart while we were you know, social distancing yeah. in the stadium. We were in the same Couldn't side. Couldn't hear each other at all. No, no. And and I I um, I I downloaded a um, a decibel decibel meter yeah. mm-hmm. off off my phone real quick. And, Clever. And it showed one number. And I texted our sound guy and said, "Hey, what are you running? It sounds hot." And he took a picture of his big official. You know, mm-hmm. probably a really good one. And I liked his line, Dan Roy. He goes, bring yours, bring yours over. I'll calibrate it for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Dan would do. Yeah, which is funny. But, Dan can make anything go. But they were looking at, 80, at, at 85. Which, which is the limit. Which is the limit. But now the league's not sure how they want to do it. They're, it's between 70 and 80. Personally, I think 70 would be doable. I'd have to hear 80, it. 85 is, is... I need to hear it because that 85 was terrible. If 70 is significantly less than... And would, now, I actually... True story, have never sat in the stands for an NFL football game in my entire life. Really? Even though I have been in attendance at close to 600 football games, NFL games. Mm-hmm. I I just, I never went to one before I started working in the NFL. I have never sat at, um, at Raymond James Stadium in the stands, but I have gone to games in the Sombrero before I've, I did what I did. Yeah, well, yes. I grew up in St. Louis. And the Cardinals were still there. Mm-hmm. Well, they actually moved like right as I went to college. They're like, "Well, Scott's gone, so we're yeah. going to go ahead and go." We're leaving. And um, <clears throat> and uh, in St. Louis, you probably know that's a baseball town. So I lived there, grew no up. Question. I never once went to a Cardinals football game in person, but I went to plenty of baseball games. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way that town is. Did you know? Before, do you know where the um, Cardinals football team was before? Are you seriously asking me this question? Yes. You think there's a chance in the world that I don't know the answer to this question? Well, you I think it's even remotely possible that I don't know that they started out in Chicago? Very good. You don't. I just, I just you want think, to make sure. Which just, is kind of funny because that you would think you see Cardinals Cardinals in St. Louis and figure, well, they really love the Cardinals and they named both their teams that. It was just coincidence. Yeah. St. Louis Cardinals are already there. Yep. And then the. Football Cardinals. Chicago, the Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Chicago, I grew up there. Chicago Cardinals. So did my mom. um, I went to school there. St. Louis. But you have to remember, you may know that and I may know that, but some of our listeners. Oh, I'm sure somebody that heard, but the way you framed it was, did you know? Well, that's because I got to get you somewhere. (laughs) Well, you didn't. (laughs) You failed. I'll keep working. I noticed you've been talking a lot because we're talking about audio stuff and you Mm -hmm. love that stuff, Mr. Radio Guys. That's how I made a living. Um, Let's move on to another topic that's oh, not about that. Before we so maybe you'll be, be quiet. Before we move on about the audio stuff, just so you See? know, what we experienced in the stadium was not a natural environment in a stadium. So people understand what we were hearing was just solid eighty-five decibels the whole time. Yeah, like, I'm, and that's not a way a stadium functions. Right. That's my point. Right. But I want to make it perfectly clear because you're whining an awful lot. 
Yeah, but you're you're reinforcing what I'm whining about. Correct. So. But I'm saying it pleasantly. <laughs> well, we, what we wish is that there were fans in there making noise. No question. Only for our side, so that yep. we got that advantage. No question. And we've we've witnessed that before. I know you can say that because there's been a playoff drought, our attendance isn't at maximum most games, mm-hmm. and so therefore, you know, we haven't had the huge. That's not true. Home field advantage every yeah. game. No. But we've seen it. Mm-hmm. We've been in that stadium when it's packed and the team's doing well and it gets really, really loud. Where the noise is so loud you can feel it in your chest. That's so great. So, that's where, so we thought we'd get back to that this year and hopefully we will at some point during the season because we have Tom Brady here and everybody has high hopes for and, this season. And here's the good news, and this is the way I'm going to take it. Let's start out slow yeah. and build on it so that we can have a complete season. Yeah, and we just need to... We just need for the trends to keep going in the right direction. Right? Yep. Okay. Wear a mask. The Go next ahead. thing is um, uh, the kicker situation. <laughs> and we, we brought it up last week and said, you don't really want to be talking about no, your kickers a week no. and, uh, two weeks before <laughs> the first game. And here we are. Uh, let's see. It is the second. We're 11 days to the first game. And our kicker situation is not decided yet. When we were at the stadium, and and it's unfortunate, um, Fry. Yeah, he had a rough go. He had a rough go at the stadium, but the first kick of everything we were doing in that stadium hits the upright. It hits the upright, Doink. and you could just see it was an extra point. I, and everybody's head just kind of went, Ugh. "Oh man!" But I mean, that was just one of your two, and you still had Matt Gay. Mm-hmm. So Matt Gay, Elliot Fry is no longer with us. Hopefully, a lot of these guys they get a lot of shots. It takes a while to get their foot in the door the first time. And then, uh, you know, not too many guys just get drafted and are, their, are a kicker in the league for 20 years. It just no. usually takes a while at the beginning of their career. It's like Connor Barth as an example. Mm-hmm. you got to kick around a little bit usually, and then you get your opportunity and, and you run with it. Uh, so hopefully Elliot Fry gets another opportunity somewhere. Um, but now Matt Gay is competing with the recently signed Ryan Suckup, who mm-hmm. is a, you know, Elliot Fry had not kicked in an, a regular season NFL game and still hasn't. Ryan Suckup has tried nearly 300 Field goals. Yeah, I don't think he has. The, I think Coach was saying he had a, held a record. For yeah, a, I, I had to look it up. I mean, I'd heard it, but I wanted to know exactly what it was. Um, he holds the record for most consecutive successful field goals from inside fifty yards. That's huge. Fifty six in a row wow. from in the 2014 to 2017 ish range or eighteen with Tennessee. Fifty six consecutive, and, and that's what Bruce has constantly been said he's looking for is consistency on the ones you should make. Yeah, it'd be great if you hit some 55-yarders, mm-hmm. but we really have to make the 40-yarders and the 35-yarders. Yeah, and I, th- I and Ryan Suckup, uh, he um, was injured. That's why he was That's, released from Tennessee. Right. It wasn't like he all of a sudden didn't play, wasn't playing. Well. He was hurt, and he, went, he was on IR to start the season. They had other kickers who weren't doing very well. And Tennessee actually had a good season despite the fact that their kicking situation was a disaster mm-hmm. last year. He came off of IR but probably wasn't right yet, clearly wasn't right yet because he missed five of his six attempts. And then, you know, they had to move on. They had to, sure. Because he clearly wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And so he, he just talked today, and he has spent the offseason getting back to where he was, his health back to where it should be. And then they felt by midsummer, he and his agents, that he was back in form, he was back healthy, and that's when they started – taping him kicks kicking the ball and sending around to teams yeah and i liked what uh, bruce arian said that you know from 40 yards in you got to hit them all the time you just got to hit them and and it's great if you can hit the long one every now and then i think we kind of went for the long one rather than 
the consistency because we've had some very powerful kickers in here with you know kickers with very powerful legs. Like Kyle Brenza. Perfect example. <laughs> yes. yes. Guy made like comes in for the final preseason game, makes like a fifty eight yard uh-huh. and a fifty seven yard, and we're like, Oh, we found our kicker and mm-hmm. then he's like three for his first nine or something. But that was an extreme case, and you're contrasting that, I guess, in the, currently we have Matt Gay, who definitely has a very strong leg. Very strong leg. And he has the capability of being a very good kicker in this league. He He's searching for and you know improving on that consistency that he had for most of last year. Yes. So Ryan Suckup doesn't walk in and get the job. Wait, well, yeah, and what, what happened was he missed him at the, at the worst possible time. It's always bad to miss it, but... You miss an extra point. Then he you, missed the Giants one. Giants one. Then you miss, you know. You miss three at the end and leave a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, you just. In a game that went to overtime. Mm-hmm. And even he, even he said it was hard to live with through the offseason. Yeah, it was motivation for him to, you know, push forward. And it's still a kicking battle. It's not over with yet. Oh, no, definitely not. And that's what I was saying. We got to see on a Zoom call Ryan Suckup today. He seems like a really nice guy mm-hmm. from what we could tell. A, a guy you want to root for. So if he ends up getting our job, then that'll be good and, and we'll be happy for him. But I can't help rooting for the incumbent that has been here that I've already that I already know mm-hmm. that I, I, I just want to root for him. Yeah, he's super a great guy, guy too. Yeah, and I think he's got the ability to be one of the best kickers in the league. And you know, if if he holds off the the battle from Ryan Suckup, then great. I'm rooting for him. I got to be honest. And that's nothing against Ryan Suckup. It's just he's the guy that was here. The what you know. It, you look at the kicking game, and it all boils down to it's a mental thing because they all. It's a mental it's thing. It's just and I, which just equated to like a well, I'm not going to equate it to something that Scott loves. Uh, it's like a golf swing. Oh, golf. You have it, and then all of a sudden it just goes away, and you don't. You're, and then you start tinkering, and then you really are in trouble because you've gotten away from it. Well, you could well, solve you, that problem very easily by never having the swing in the first place. Okay, we'll do, golf is boring. We'll do it your way. How about uh, baseball? Yeah, you get that I can a, relate to. You get into I a, a lot slump. Of baseball you play. Softball. You know, you got the groove. Maybe you, you did. You, you, you know, it's right there. It's solid. I played a lot of baseball. I played. Yeah, but then yeah, I played third base and shortstop. Third base is my favorite position mm-hmm. because the ball just gets on you right away, and you what, make the play or you what, don't. When I first started, they had me out in right field. And so I would pick the weeds and <laughs> stuff like that because there's not much going on when you're little. Most yeah. kids, most, you know, and back then you had like milk cartons on your hands for gloves. Absolutely, right? yeah. well, that you got even, from the milk. You, man. Didn't, you didn't even wear gloves. You're that tough, man. <laughs> there is a form of softball, 16 inch softball mm-hmm. that they play in Chicago. Great football. Great fruit. I hated that. The ball is so big and mushy. Mm-hmm. I tried playing a little in college, and yeah. it's not nearly as good as regular softball. Nope. Um, so we've done the kicker thing. Sure. Um, here's the, the really the big news coming up is we are we're doing this on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We are three day three Thursday Friday three three days away from the cuts. Yeah, which as Bruce Arians said today is the worst day of the year. Uh, yeah. As a coach, it, for him, it's the worst day. Yeah, of the you're year. shattering dreams. Well, not necessarily shattering them. You, you're hopefully deferring them. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these guys that get cut are still going to have a, a, more opportunities. Yeah, but, especially uh, the ones we bring back for the practice squad. And there's what six more practice up to sixteen. Sixteen, including six that can be used on veterans. So there's nice. And as I think I saw one of the, maybe the Ravens coach or somebody was saying, these guys on the practice squad have to understand there's a very good chance they're going to play this year. Mm-hmm. And no, that's cool. always the case with the practice squad. But especially this year, yeah. If you if you land on the practice squad, you better be you better pretend like you're on because you could you could be the day before or the day of. All of a sudden, you're called up. Yeah, because they're like these guys can't play because they're on the list. Because now, if I'm, you can move them up game day, two correct? of them, two of them on game day. 
I don't know the procedure if it's you have to you have to say so by Saturday at four maybe, or if you can actually do it on game day. I thought I thought because of the testing that it was like game well they want to be as flexible as possible. Sure. So um, maybe that's the case. Just uh, we've talked about it a couple times, but in case somebody didn't hear before, the new rule this year isn't that. And this was actually this wasn't a, this wasn't a COVID related rule. This was a new rule that they were already instituting before all this happened. Um, that you. You could bring two guys up from your practice squad for a game specifically. And so you're running with 55, of which you can have 48 active instead of 46, as long as eight of those are offensive linemen. Right. Because you usually go with seven. So every week you can bring two guys up, um, and and then they can go back to the practice squad without having to go through waivers. They just revert right back. But you can only do that, I think, two times a year with any particular player, and you can't do any particular player two weeks in a row. Or probably two games in a row because there's a bye week in there somewhere. So it's going to be a lot. So if you're if you got 16 guys, you bring up these two, you can't bring them up again. So then maybe these two guys. And I don't really see why teams would not take that option unless they're trying to hold on to some. You might go, we might need that receiver more later in the season, so let's not use up his two options right now. Mm-hmm. But that also might lead to more churn on the practice squad because if you've already used that guy's two, and you're like, maybe you don't think he's a long term. Op- yeah, he's option. A long-term fix. You bring in a different wide receiver that then you can use twice. So this is going to be the mother of all roster turning seasons for the many mother, reasons. The mother of which all. I kind of like because I, I I like all the roster changing oh, the rosters you, and you, the depth charts and all that, that. You are very good at it. When we when we when we have a question, that's where we go is to you about the roster because you are that and weights. You love you love to know the player weight. That, I don't know about that. That's more of a but on along those lines. Did you see Nacho Raheem Nunez Rochas? I did. He. He, we already knew that he had he had put on weight and he wanted to make his upper body stronger because he had a little strong lower body, but that felt he was not where he wanted to be on the upper body, and especially because they're wanting him to be the backup nose to Vita Vea this year, nose tackle. So um, he put on some weight. Did you hear what it was? He said there were times last year he was playing at 293. He in hopes to be playing between 315 and 320 this year. That's yep. a huge difference. Yeah, we had this conversation in the hallway the other night. Was it 20, an extra 25 pounds? Yeah, we roughly were, 25 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of weight. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of it's muscle, so that's good. Yeah, but that's still a lot of weight. Guys talk about when they're asked to put on weight how hard it is, that they just have to constantly, like, they have to have a, a big breakfast with a lot of carbs and or protein maybe, and then they have to drink a protein I, shake two hours later. I always laugh. I always I always laugh when I hear that because um, I, I always chuckle about Dave Moore. This was before they had all these nutritionists and everybody. <laughs> Every time I would talk to him when he was a player, is he was usually going through a drive through getting fast food because he had to keep his weight up. Yeah. And he actually said it was, it sounds like, oh, you just got to keep eating. How much fun is that? And he, he said it, it really is a burden well, because they have to eat. Yeah, because they are constantly active. Mm-hmm. So you, I could eat that way and, and have no problem put on weight, as I've proven before. Um, but for a player who's constantly out there running around, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing. What? Um, it was a bit of a storyline a little while ago in camp, maybe a week, week and a half ago, that the running backs had a bad day and they were dropping the passes. They, well, they were, but continue. And Rojo was among those that had a rough yes. day dropping the passes. Well, apparently, if you know, if you, according to Coach Arians, that was really just an aberration, and Rojo is doing better catching the ball, and he, Bruce Arians thinks he can be a three down, a complete three down back in the league, Good which means him. he must be catching the ball better than he did that day, and that's what you want. 
you know, we still have the the Shady McCoy option, but it's nice to have a guy that you can leave out there and you don't have to take him off on a third down. If I'm not mistaken, I think Tom Brady said that he really liked what Rojo was doing. Good. I don't remember that, but I believe you. Which is... um which is I mean, you want to be the running back that Tom Brady likes? That's for sure. You want to be anything that Tom Brady likes right now? I'm just saying, <laughs> like Scotty Miller. Yeah, really. Or but, Scooter, as he calls Scooter, him. But Scooter, but but there's a perfect example of a guy who we thought was pretty good last year. Well, the numbers were good, mm-hmm. and um, he has that that attitude. I don't want to say underdog, but you know, chip he, on the shoulder. You no, know, well. He, you know, he's not as tall as Chris Godwin, not as tall as... Mike oh, we're talking Evans. about Scotty. Yeah, about Scotty. I thought you were talking about Rojo. No, no, about Scotty. No, he's not a big guy. No, he's not a big guy, but... Um, Which is why he was able to be drafted in the sixth round, even though he's extremely fast. And he has super great hands. Yeah? Very good hands. That's so good. Those are a couple things you want in a receiver. But yeah, I mean, yeah. If, I can't he looked good in that scrimmage. I can't wait till Tom Brady says he likes me better than you. <laughs> That would be the ultimate Salty Dogs endorsement. <laughs> oh, I listen to the Salty Dogs, and man, I got to tell you, that Jeff Ryan really stands out. I mean, they're both good because he's very polite. He's, he's going to oh, be yeah. nice about it. They're both, they're both good. good, but Jeff Ryan really stood out to me. Before it's over with, I'm getting it. <laughs> you're you're going to have to pay. <laughs> if I have to doctor the tape. <laughs> like I've said before, Tom well, and I have a connection in that we're both married to a person named Giselle. So true. I got to believe that if the three of us. Got to meet, which we haven't yet, that he would instantly take a liking to me over you. I think that's an obvious I thing. think you'd be better off if he doesn't meet you. <laughs> Maybe everybody would be. Go continue. You know, um, another thing. Uh, Coach kind of came out and, and answered the question of how many quarterbacks he thought to keep on, on the roster. Um, and he said he, we would probably keep three. Maybe four, but they haven't decided yet. I got to believe that if there's a fourth, that's obviously going to be on the practice squad. But mm-hmm. he said he was asked to clarify, and he meant three, probably three on the active roster, which would presumably, we know he's said that Blaine Gabbard is pretty clearly the number two, and presumably you would just still have Ryan Griffin. Because I, it would be surprising to me if the rookie Reed Sinet was your third option over Ryan Griffin, who already is familiar with this offense, right? And you have extra space in the practice squad, so you can put him on there and but he said he, he – oh, I mean Reed Sinet? Yeah. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. The funny thing about this is when he first got here and on several other occasions, he was asked, like in the offseason, what he preferred to do, three or two on the active roster. And he said, I'd rather carry just two. You know, because you only have two active on game days. So it almost feels like a wasted roster spot when you could just put one on the practice squad and then call him up if you need to between games. But for most, for most of his six years as a head coach, five in Arizona and one here, not counting the one in Indianapolis because I didn't look that one up. Um, he's ended up with three quarterbacks on his roster most of the time. Hmm. And that was the case to start last year as they were still hoping that Blaine's shoulder injury would heal enough for him to become the backup. And they eventually had to put him on injured reserve. And when they did so, they just ran with two the rest of the year with uh, that Princeton guy, Chad Knopf, mm-hmm. on the practice squad. Uh <clears throat> I'll tell you, we didn't get to see Blaine much last year because he got hurt. Mm-hmm. I've been pretty impressed with his throws. Looks the part. I, I've been, yeah. You can see why he's a first-round draft pick. You, you, you kind of have, I had to, had to pause for a second when I saw the throw, and I wanted to make sure I saw the right number because. He's got a good arm. Very good. Very crisp. Everything. I was, I was pretty impressed with it. Not that it matters that I'm impressed with it, but it was something that I went like, who threw that? And he went to Parkway West High School in South in, in St. Louis. Oh well, then that changes. Which is everything. part of the same school district as Parkway he South. Li- he probably which liked, is where I went. He probably likes that bad 
pizza that you like. St. Louis pizza is so good. <laughs> yeah. Emos. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> or, okay. Giselle made pork steaks the other night. That's another St. Louis thing. Have you ever even heard of a pork steak? No. It's like the shoulder, but it's you, in St. Louis, they, they cook that like a steak and put barbecue sauce on it. That's another St. Louis staple, just so you know. Okay. Okay. Woo woo. Uh, what else? You got anything else, Jeff? No, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Uh, you want to go talk to Ray? Gets good. Ray Kale or Kale, which we're going to find out which one is right. Let's find out. Okay. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast, and we're thrilled now to be joined by Buccaneers rookie running back Ray Calais. Ray, let me make sure we haven't got to meet in person. I hear you prefer to be called Ray? Yeah, Ray. And the last name is Calais with no S sound on the end. It's, it's uh, Kale. Kale, okay. Kale. Yeah. I did uh, hear yeah. some rumors about that. Okay, we've got to get that right. Okay. Big, uh, big play, uh, Ray Kale. I have to make a note of that for Gene during the broadcast. <laughs> yeah. When call it, yeah. When he, you know, when he breaks one, uh, uh, when he breaks a, a kickoff return. All right, man. Really weird year to come into the NFL. Um, strange offseason for everybody, obviously. But you've been here for about a month. What do you think of the NFL so far? What's the experience been like? Yeah, man, it's definitely been weird, you know, just dealing with the whole, uh, you know, COVID-19 protocols, you know, having to, you know, social distance and also, you know, every day we have to take the COVID test. So, you know, that's just, you know, that's definitely new. But, um, you know, definitely coming in, man, it was definitely uh, definitely different. Um, you know, I thought, you know, I thought, you know, we was going to start right away, but, you know, we have to, you know, start slowly and then, you know, um but now, but uh, it's, you know, it's definitely been uh, you know a great experience for me thus far. I know we saw how excited you were on draft day. Um, just, just tell the fans here because this is the first time a lot of them get to hear from you what that what that experience was like for you. You know, getting drafted. I guess as the seventh round is going on, you you must be sitting there not knowing for sure if it was going to happen, and it was exciting when it did, right? Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, definitely. You know, when the seventh round came came about, I thought I was going to go undrafted. You know, so I was talking to my agent about, you know, going, you know, uh, picking picking a team I was going to go and draft it to. But, uh, you know, I got the call from the Bucks, and, you know, definitely changed my life, man. It was a very an exciting moment for me and my family and uh, definitely a moment I will never forget. Is it is it frustrating to be sitting there and, and keep thinking you're going to go and a couple of your other uh, college teammates were drafted um, before you? Uh, how, how did you deal with all of that? Yeah, man, it was definitely weird because I was getting calls uh, in the fourth and fifth round. Um, you know, it was just teams just, I guess, uh, you know, checking upon me. And then, uh, you know, uh, seeing, seeing my teammates go, you know, that was definitely that was definitely huge. And, I, you know, I was excited for them. But, you know, I was patient, you know, just being patient, you know, you know waiting on my call. And, uh, you, know, it, you know, at times, you know, it was getting kind of frustrating because, you know, I thought, you know, I could have, you know, uh, you know, got drafted, you know, before this guy or, or that guy. But, you know, I was just being patient and, uh, you know, my time came. I would have to believe that the main reason you did get drafted is because you're fast, man, right? I mean, 4-4-2, right. third, third right. best 40-yard uh, dash time at the Combine. And, and you, have a, you were a track star in high school, right? Yes, yes, sir. I was definitely a track star. I was, uh, you know, I was the Gatorade player of the year. Wow. Uh, you know, tra- uh, track and field in, uh, in high school, so yeah. In Louisiana, which I got to imagine there's probably got a lot of good track stars there, right? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so tell us more about your game, though. We know you're fast. What else would, do Bucks fans need to know about your game? 
about my game was that I catch the ball, you know, on the backfield pretty well. You know, I can I can make I can turn a, a ten yard gain to a, a seventy yard touchdown. You know, within within just a snap. You know what I mean? So uh, you know that's just you know that's just something that 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 I definitely bring to the table. As uh, not having not having preseason games, have you been able to show your speed other than? Just running. I mean, have you have you have you feel like have you do you feel like you've had the opportunity to show what you can do? Nah, nah. I definitely. I don't think I got the, the you know the opportunity to definitely show what what I can do. Uh, you know, due to COVID nineteen and you know and and not having preseason games. You know, that definitely hurt me uh, in a way. You know, because um, you know I didn't I didn't get as as many reps or you know as many opportunities as I thought you know I would get if if this was like a regular you know, NFL camp, but, uh, you know, I just have to be patient, you know, keep, you know, and keep working. Uh, my time will come. Yeah. I heard you say that the other day too. And I thought it was a real honest answer. A lot of guys might shy away from acknowledging that, that it, it's just, you're not getting the same opportunity that you normally would get, but it honestly, Ray, it doesn't sound at all like you're complaining. It just sounds mm-hmm. like you're explaining why this could take a little bit longer than maybe in some other years. Is that right? Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. And I think, I, you know, I think people people just like to, you know, kind of like sugarcoat it. But no, nah, I'm not sugarcoating anything. Uh, you know, I know I know that I haven't really got the, as many opportunities as I thought I was going to get, you know, due to the whole COVID uh, thing. But, you know, uh, I, I firmly believe that if I just, you know, continue working, you know, my time will come. During during special teams practice, uh, are you at the gun? You, you you mentioned before that you're at the gunner, but are you also receiving at all? Have you have you had the opportunity to do that at, during camp? Yeah, uh, definitely opportunity to you know, catch uh, kickoff returns, and uh, you know you know right now they got me at the gunner, so that's pretty pretty much it. What do you prefer? Probably all. Uh, of it. Yeah, pretty much all of it, you know. Well, wait, a, wait a minute, wait a minute now. You just said you're going to be honest. You're going to tell it like it is. So I'm expecting honest. you to tell me, I'm expecting you to tell me, dude, I want to get the ball and run. <laughs> nah, nah, definitely, nah, definitely, man. Uh, you know, I definitely want to score touchdowns, you know, you know, and get the ball. But, you know, I'm I'm also willing to go down there, you know, uh, you know, and make a tackle. So that's just that's just what I'm willing to do. I heard you say that you were really appreciative of what your mom did for you growing up and getting you into sports and so on. And is this is one of the reasons you really want to succeed in the NFL just uh, to show appreciation to your mom? Yeah, for sure, man. I think, you know, my parents and especially my mom, you know, they sacrificed so much for me growing up. Um, so you know, I just want to give it back to them. You know, um, you, know I, I, you know, I feel like I feel like, you know, I, I, I owe that to them. You know what I mean? In a way. And I just, you know, I just want to go hard every single day, you know, just to provide a better life, you know, for my mom and for my dad. What, what is the one thing about you, either personally or football wise, that you would like people to know? Uh, that, that I'm really, I'm really an, an, an outgoing guy. You know, I'm really humble. Um, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm better or, or, or bigger than anybody. You know, I'm willing to speak to. I'm ready to speak to. I'm ready to speak to the lowest man in the room to the to, to the highest man in the room. You know, I really, I really don't. I really don't think I'm better than anybody. And uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just. You know, I was just raised that way. Also, that your last name is pronounced Kale. Everybody needs to know yes, that. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, 
because you're here and I mean, it's, it's basically like a quarantine because of the efforts to try to keep this NFL season going. And um, there's probably a lot of things you'd like to be doing that you don't get to do. So if, if this was a normal year, what do you like to do outside of football? Uh, outside of football, man, I just, I just like to chill, you know, and just, you know, watch, watch Netflix. Um, okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not too really big on, you know, going out and, you know, going to the club and, you know, partying and all that stuff. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm more so of like a laid back type of guy. So you got any Netflix recommendations for us? Uh, I have a few. I have a few. Uh, you know, let's go with, uh, let's go with, let's see. Uh, I was watching one the other, the other night. Um, I would definitely say the heist. The heist is really a good one. I'm gonna write that um, down. Uh-huh. Yeah, the heist is really a good one. Uh, definitely, you should definitely check that out. Uh, you know how to uh how to get away with murder is another one. I would definitely recommend. These are movies, right? Not TV shows. Nah, nah, these nah. are TV shows. Series. Oh, TV okay. Shows. Yeah, series. Yeah. All right, I'll check yeah. that out. I don't yeah. have Netflix, but I do know what it. Uh, I do understand <laughs> everything he's saying, Scott. So you may yeah. have it, but I I got what's going on. We'll collaborate on it. Yeah. Well, Ray, thank you very much for your time. We told you we'd only take about ten minutes because you got things to do. Um, you're in the middle of another camp day, and it's winding down, and the season's right around the corner. So again, thanks for your time, and also really good luck this coming weekend and into the season. Right. Thank you so much. The salty dogs. And again, we're back on the Salty Dogs podcast, which is called the Salty Dogs podcast, Jeff. It is. Yeah. Um, and we are here to answer your questions now. That was uh, We always enjoy those interviews with the players, and we always say that here. We're very repetitive in that regard. Mm-hmm. But they are fun. Sure. Especially when you haven't met any of these guys yet, right? Yeah. Well, that's just <laughs> Maybe it. in a Zoom call here or there. Yeah. I think that's probably the... Um, um, I think that's what I miss the most is the interaction with the players. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I mean, you do get to do Zoom, which is fine, but still. Yeah, he he's he sounds he's confident, and you know, I really I, I made a point of saying it in that interview there, but uh, I really did appreciate when he was first asked that question about it, whether he's getting the opportunities or not. That he's not going, oh yeah, I'm getting. He's like, no, yeah, I'm not, and he's not complaining. I no. could tell both times he said it. It's just a fact of life. He's just being honest. Like I. I really don't, I haven't gotten that much of an opportunity yet. I've got a lot to show, and you're not letting me yeah. show. Well, it's not that they're not letting them. There's right. just not yeah. enough time. And I think that's I think that's the part about preseason games is a lot of people go, oh, there, there's nothing, you know. Yeah, players want a couple. It, yeah, but I, 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 I think honestly, two two preseason games seems like it the right sense. number. Yeah, seems like the right number. One where you let your starters play a decent amount, and then the second one where it's just like the fourth game where it's all the. The guy's fighting for spots. Because the weird thing about this is just yesterday, Bruce Arian said there are still six to eight spots on the 53-man roster still being competed for. What does that tell you? And the cuts are – well, it tells us that this was all so compressed and and you haven't had as much of a chance to make these decisions yet. So the practices that they're having right now, the one that's going to be in the stadium tomorrow, are absolutely critical to some of these guys. And it just seems like (coughs) – sorry, in a normal season – I forgot the cough button. In a normal season – you you would um, shut up, Jeff. <laughs> Laugh, giggle, giggle. Why don't you hit your giggle button over there? It's only three years, but what I like about it is you cough and then go. Oh, I forgot my cough button. <laughs> so, um, you know, you have one bad practice. 
you have a bad practice, you hear about it, you try to fix whatever you did wrong, and hopefully you go back out there and, and you do well, and so it doesn't really matter. But think about a guy right now who's maybe battling one or two other guys for one spot if he goes out and has a bad practice tomorrow. That's that's a lot of pressure. Tons. But I think I think this, I think the mental aspect of the game, I think this uh, film study, how you're paying attention in classes, how you're – you know, how you're relating to your position coach helps you a lot because the head coach doesn't really interact with everybody all the time. Uh, you know, he does as a team, but, yeah. you know, you rely on your position coach. Sure. So yeah. you have to build that relationship with your position coach because when they get down the numbers, everybody's, you know, I'm battling for my guys. And That's exactly what safety's coach Nick Rapone was saying today. Yeah. He says, yeah. He was kind of breaking down the numbers. I know we're supposed to be answering questions now, yeah, but, but we, we got off on a tangent here. He was breaking down the numbers pretty well, pretty straightforward for us, saying he thought they were only going to get four safety spots. Um, that's partially because, um, you know, those guys, some of those guys are very versatile. And, um, and he was talking about that a couple of those guys can play the nickel, but Sean Murphy Bunting is the lead at the nickel right now. So he was telling you a lot of stuff. And then he was saying, somebody asked him, he said, yeah, I'll, I'll go and pound the table for my guys. He said, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be their advocate. So the rapport between the player and the and his position coach is what you said just a moment ago is, is very important because you want a guy that's going to fight for you, right? Mm-hmm. And if he's going to fight for you, he, he's going to have to like you. A lot. Yeah. So. Because you're battling someone else's Position. Yeah, now the cornerback coach is pounding the table for his guy. And then the head coach has got to decide how many people we want to carry overall. So, yeah, it's 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 a tough – you know, this is – it's kind of like uh, Bruce Arians said, uh, it's the worst day of the year because yeah. you're, you're, you just got to make some really hard decisions. Yeah, and every coach says that, and I believe him. I, be, I do too because it is. I You know, you know and they all – you've seen it on hard knocks. They don't like um, – they don't try to shy away from it. They know that it sucks and they hate doing it, but they also know that it's their responsibility and they have the responsibility to look that player in the eye and, and tell them you're being cut. And in, in many cases, this is why. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're telling the guy you're not quite good enough. You can get better and you have another shot, but, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that's or, what they're telling them. Or it's a numbers game. So sometimes stay in, that's what you Stay in shape yeah. and let's see where it plays and out. And that's going to be the case for us. Uh, as Bruce Arians said today, we're going to cut some good players. We're going to have to cut some good and players. And that's, you know what, that's probably the best thing you can do for a team is cut good players because that means you've got good players. Well, no, it means you have a surplus of them. Which is good. Yes. Much, much better than thinking, I got two bad guys, which one do I keep? Yeah, exactly. The lesser of two evils. And as we said, this is going to take more than 53 players to get through this season. So actually, this segues pretty nicely, um, right. even though that was a random tangent. That's fine. It leads us to one of our questions. I'm going to skip down to it. It's the second one on my list, but... Uh, here it is. Hey, salted dudes. Mm-hmm. That one doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, look into you. I'm going to get straight to the point here. No messing around. No compliments to try to get my question picked. Yeah, way too. He didn't get to the point, but good continue. No, it's simple. Cuts are coming up. Who will be the toughest cut the Bucks make? That is a pretty straightforward question. Yeah. Okay. All of them. I don't. That's not true. That's not true. You really, you really don't think there's a, the hardest. I'm saying decision. Oh. Not who it's who it's emotionally hardest to cut. I'm saying there's an 80th guy. Jeff, there's a That's guy true. that on their list right now is the 80th guy, and it's not difficult for them to decide to cut that guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, who is who is the Bucks going to have to cut that they're really not going to want to cut? Is how I interpret this question. Is that cool with you? Mm, go ahead. We go with it that way. You got mm-hmm. any? Or you want me to say one? Go ahead. You go. One that really I think could be tough, and I don't want him to get cut. Um, is Tanner Hudson? Yeah, that's a talented guy, Jeff. And Fair, they, yeah, he just yeah. I said this on our. Uh, 
that's training good, camp that's live actually, show. That's actually a really good one. I said this on our training camp live show the other day that I think Tanner Hudson and maybe even Colton McElroy at a lot of NFL camps right now would be feeling pretty good about their chances of making the team. And I'm sure those two guys are confident here as well, but it's impossible not to note that the Buccaneers have Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, Cam Braid, and probably Anthony O'Claire too because they love his blocking so yeah. much. So that's four guys already, and teams usually don't keep more than four tight ends. Maybe we will. Maybe we will because we don't want to lose Tanner Hudson or Cody McElroy. But if you are forced to cut Tanner Hudson, I think you're going to hate it, and you're going to be crossing your fingers that you can keep him around here and somebody doesn't snap him up. I, I know you're going to, you might chuckle when I say this one, but I, I think Matt Gay is going to be a hard cut. And so you think that, that Ryan Suckup is going to win the job? I think that would be a hard cut. I'm not saying who, but... If it happens. If it happens, and my, my reasoning behind it is Matt Gay is possibly your future. Ryan Suckup is the immediate let's win now. Yeah. So... But kickers last a long time in this league sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so Suckup, if he wins the job, probably will be hoping that he can win it. You know, I think he had five years in Kansas City and six or seven in Tennessee, so he's had a couple long tenures already. Mm-hmm. But he also puts him at 11 years in the, the Yeah, league. but I mean, some of these guys kick till they're 45. I well, mean, Matt Bryan, how many years did that guy <laughs> well, kick in yeah, the league, there right? You go, right? Okay. I mean, he had his good long career here and uh-huh. then had another good long career in Atlanta. Yep. Like work done. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Matt Gay was on my list. Oh. I have... I have a couple more written down. Go ahead. Because, again, as we say each week, I get to see these questions ahead of time, and no. you're trying to do it off the top of your head. So good job. I think Mazzy Wilkins, if they have to oh, cut Mazzie, him, which I'm not yeah. saying they will. In each of these cases, I want to make it clear that I'm not saying they'll definitely cut this guy. I just, if they do, it will be a very difficult cut. Mm-hmm. And I think they like him a lot. He's a, he's a feisty guy. He's, he's got the length that they like. He's yeah. very, very confident. And he did some good things last year in practice and then a little bit in games. He didn't get a whole lot of shot in games, but a little bit. Uh, USF kid, you know, I think he went to plant too, didn't, is that, isn't that him? I think he is. So this is a guy that's played here in Tampa at all three levels. That's a cool story. That's a great story. Not that that matters when trying to win a roster spot. But again, as I've said before, cornerback, quality cornerbacks are hard to find and develop and keep. And so that's a hard cut if you have to, or Parnell Motley might be in the same thing. Mm -hmm. He was having such a great camp. Now he's been hurt for a little bit. Can't continue to build on his resume. Has he done enough already to make the 53? Especially if he's not able to play right away. That's tough. That's tough. That's real hard. But you don't want to lose them either. No. Well, practice squad. I know, but before a guy, and, and that's yeah. kind of a hint to a question I'm going to be answering in a minute, but before a guy can go on your practice squad, you got to you got to subject him the waiver wire first, and, he, and that's where somebody could jump in on a Tanner Hudson or mm-hmm. a Mazzy Wilkins or a Parnell Motley, you yeah. know? When a guy like, when an undrafted rookie like Parnell Motley, who probably was one of the more coveted ones, right, because he played pretty well at Oklahoma and there were some people that thought he would get drafted, when he chooses one team, he still has a number of other teams that wanted him, and they're keeping That's what we all do. That's what all our teams do. These guys probably had a number of other undrafted free agents they would have liked to have got. They probably didn't get the exact – I think we signed maybe 13. I bet it wasn't the first 13 guys on our list. I bet nobody gets the first 13 guys on their list. Since this is a podcast, just so you know, Scott is pointing, <laughs> and as he's pointing, we're in a room that is overlooking where the scouts are because we've – Adjacent to it. Uh, yeah, they've changed. It overlooks the lobby. Yeah, the, the Advent Health Training Center has totally been reconfigured inside. So some of our scouts are sitting out here. Right, and Scott is pointing, and I know exactly where he's pointing <laughs> because that's where the scouts are sitting. That's specifically where the pro scouts are sitting. And though they are, they will keep an eye. You know, the college scouts scouted these guys, but now they become the the province of the 
pro scouts mm-hmm. and they have, and they do, I'm not saying they have to, they keep track of everybody and they have lists of guys that they hoped they would get, but didn't. And if they see that name in the waiver wire, we they're go. like, Bruce Arians, he's got, this guy's available. Do you want to grab well, him? Is he better a, than the 53rd player we have? That's, and that changes everything because everyone goes, oh, cuts are at four o'clock on Saturday. Is that yeah. What it is? yeah. And at four o'clock you go, oh, I didn't get cut. No, all that means is you're there for right now because everyone's going to look at the waiver wires yeah. and it yeah, so changes again. Yeah, and in generally you do um, rotate a couple spots from guys you find on the waiver wire. So every year there's there's a couple surprise guys that make it, and sometimes they stick, but sometimes they're then back on the practice squad a week later. Right. Um, so uh, an interesting part about that is that um, – how are we going to get to it? I wonder if we're going to get to it in one of these which questions. One, which one you want to get the, to? The inter-reserve rules. No, I think I meant to get to that earlier. Um, but it's kind of tangential to what we're talking about here. You know how the inter-reserve rules are a lot laxer this year. Correct. They, You can be on the inter-reserve for as little as three weeks. You can take a guy off after three weeks, and you can do that for everybody that you put on IR, not just two or three. So there's going to be a lot of that, guys moving up and down. Mm-hmm. Guys with not too terrible injuries, but maybe they can't play this week or for a couple weeks. It makes total sense. I'm not even saying that that's skirting the rules. It makes total sense. Sure, because you you can utilize the spot. So, but before you can do that, you have to, before you can be eligible for that, you have to make it through the round to 53. So we couldn't put a guy on IR right now, like say Tyler Johnson, who has returned to practice, but he's been dealing with that hamstring injury. Yeah, you can. If he wasn't practicing, you can't put him on now before the cuts. He's done for the year if you do that. So you have to keep him, even if you're not playing. So you might cut somebody else, keep him on your 53, mm-hmm. hope that other guy cuts through, makes the waivers, then on Sunday or Monday or whatever, put put that guy on injured reserve and bring the other guy back. There's going to have to be some of that. There'll be a lot of it, I think, through the league. So not, not necessarily here, it, but a lot of it. Uh, the ne- this, I always, I understand the coaches hate cut down day. And I get it, and I hate to see guys have their dream deferred. Um, but I enjoy the process of the roster being made. Mm-hmm. And even the couple days of follow where things get changed and practice squads get well, formed. It's all the logistics, all the, the moving pieces. It's going to be crazier than ever this year. Fun so that'll be interesting. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, the, after the cuts to 53, then it's mostly good news, mm-hmm. right? There you go. Um, all right. And one more on this topic of hard cuts. I think the last inside linebacker, whoever that is, is going to be a tough cut. So you got Levante and Devin. Levante and Devin, barring injury, knock on wood, they're not coming off the field. So your third linebacker is only playing um, if there's an injury or, or COVID or something, right? And that's Kevin Minter. That's been made clear. The, Kevin Minter is great on special teams. Your fourth, and if you keep a fifth, which I think that we probably will, they also have to be core special teamers. So all those guys have to excel on special teams to be the one. So you've got Kevin Minters, your three, and then you've got Jack Sitchie, uh, Noah Dawkins, and Chappelle Russell, the rookie. The, one of those guys is likely not to make it. I doubt they'll keep six. Maybe. 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 They'd have to go light in the secondary if they did, I think. So that's a tough cut. Whichever one of those three you don't keep, that's a tough cut. And B.A. said that uh, a lot can be, happen, as we're talking right now, tomorrow would, would be a Thursday. They're going to be at Raymond James Stadium. That's going to be a key. Yeah, that's what I was saying that's, earlier. Yeah, that's, that's Although I don't think they're going live, live tackling. No, no. So, but still you can make an impression on special teams. Like Quint, I think, I think Quentin Bell and Cam Gill did at the, during the scrimmage Yeah, for outside linebackers. Mm-hmm. All right, next question. Yep. This one is, says, hello again, salty ones. So obviously it's somebody we've addressed their questions hello before. Again. 
Last week, someone asked BA about Chris Godwin missing three straight practices. It actually wasn't three straight. It was three in the course of about four or five days. Mm -hmm. And BA got a little salty himself. We talked about that last week, remember? <laughs> I love He's it. like, that's for me to know and nobody else to find out. <laughs> yeah. that was, I think that was one of the better lines. of Great uh, line. Um, what's the latest on Godwin? Well, he's, he's, he's out there. Yeah. He's, he was in the scrimmage on Friday. If you look through our photo galleries, if you want to, you want a hint, like we're not doing a lot of reporting, but hey, no. if you want to do a little self- if you want to do a little investigating, self-scouting, look, look through the practice photo galleries every every day when we put them up about one or two in the afternoon, mm -hmm. because you can you, like there, I look through several of them in recent days and Chris is in all of them. So I'm like, if you see him in those photo galleries, you can you can Pretty. obviously you've you've discovered that he was <laughs> on the practice field, even if coach isn't saying anything, mm -hmm. right? So look through the photo galleries. Yes. Little hint for you there. There you go. I don't think there's anything to worry about with Godwin. Mm. Nope. And then the second question, also would Matt Gay have to pass through waivers if we wanted to put him on the practice squad? Love the podcast and look forward to it every week. Todd Birchfield, Lake Panasofsky, Florida. Thanks, Todd. Yeah. And um, thanks for the multiple questions through the months and years. Um, yes, he would have to pass through waivers. Everybody does. Mm -hmm. Every non – you have to have four years of accrued free agency credit to be a veteran who doesn't go through waivers. But even so, if you cut him, he's he's capable. He can sign with anybody he wants to. He doesn't have to come back to your practice nope. squad, and would probably chase a regular uh, fifty-three man opportunity over a practice squad spot. Absolutely, and pays a lot different too. But yes, most the vast majority of the guys that we will, that we and and around the league will be cut cutting are will be guys that are subject to the waiver wires, and and that would be the case with Matt Gay because he only has one accrued season of free agency credit. So yes. But, again, I'm personally hoping that we're not talking about nope. that. Well, wait and see. All right. Third question. Third right. and final question. The, the, uh, the podcast is nearing its destination, Jeff. What do you mean? We're about to pull into the station because we're on our final question. Oh, okay. Of our final segment. You lost me on that one. Well, you're not real good with metaphors. No. But that might have been a simile. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, dogs, you've got to help me. With exclamation points, by the way. So this is serious. I've tried everywhere, and you're my last resort. I can't for the life of me find a Bucks depth chart. There's not one on <laughs> Buccaneers.com. I've even looked on the app. Is that from Dave Moore? Because <laughs> he, he shot me an email yesterday. <laughs> hey, can you send me the depth chart? There is no. Dave, how many years you played? There's no depth chart until we know what's going on. Shouldn't we have a depth chart by now? The season is only two weeks away with three exclamation points. Mm -hmm. Also, what's up with Keyshawn Vaughn? I'm a Gator fan, but I really like that pick. He had a big game against us in 2018. I haven't really heard much about Vaughn in camp. Thanks, dogs. I'm counting on you. And his name is Scott T. Scott, his last name is just T, period. I guess it starts with a T. That, that must be weird to have to your name be Scott and your last initial be T because it sounds like you're saying Scotty. Scotty. <laughs> right? I've never had to deal with that. No. Continue. Um, okay, so the first question. Uh, yeah, there's no depth chart now, and the reason there's no depth chart is because there were no preseason games. Yeah, <laughs> that's and even then, those depth charts aren't official. Well, they're helpful. Though. They're helpful, but they're not official. Well, it's, yeah, it's, we always write unofficial. Yeah, the top. because you're you're guessing. I mean, you could actually you could you could have fun and make your own little depth chart to see how it would play, pans out when the real one comes out. But yeah, you could. It's going to be a lot I, of the media guys do that mm -hmm. they and predict I think, the roster. Sure, and I think, it, but it's going to be a moving target. You just spent it always the is. last how many minutes talking about how it's going to change week to week. The depth chart day is, to day. is never a final. There's never a final roster, and there's never a final depth chart. No, nope. but. Um, it's true. In a normal season, we would already have a depth chart yeah. on the on the website and um, and on the app. Um, but the difference is there were no preseason games. And the way this works is coaches. It's like 
pulling teeth to get a depth chart out of them. They don't want to do it. No. They, they, they don't do it until they're forced to, and that's by, like, Tuesday of the preseason, first preseason game. That's yeah, when they have to and, do it. And now with social media and everything, if you put out anything you put out, it just everybody – everywhere, right? No, no. We're – it's a work in progress. Yeah, some coaches have talked about how they're relying, their scouts and so on are relying a little bit more on beat writers in other cities to get information like that. So we don't want to give that to anybody, mm-hmm. including Buccaneers.com. The coaches don't want to. I would like to put it up there. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, coaches looking for advantage in every way they can. So um, they haven't had to put out a depth chart, so they're not going to. They have one. Oh, well, you were talking about how this, I'm pointing they, again. They, yes, you're. I'm pointing again to where those scouts are sitting, and, and we have to walk by that way because it's the directional. And sometimes hall. when you walk by, you see the chart on it's the board. It's often on their screen. <laughs> I know. And I want so badly to go over there and, <laughs> and and take a picture with my cell phone, but I don't think that would be. I think that would be frowned upon. No, it would probably. And and they notice if you stop just for a second. <laughs> Usually, you drop something, well, and you know. This, why is Scott carrying binoculars yeah. with him as he goes by right. my desk? Um, it, you know what? It's funny you say that because there, it's interesting um, because normally we're on the business side and having the scouts here and then the, the college, uh, uh, the coordinators looking at tape. You go by their cubes and you see all these games from all these colleges, you know, and it's it's kind of fun to or to, pro games or pro games. Or there. Yeah, yeah, it's it kind of it's it almost makes me normal. If, if you know what I mean, that like, oh yeah, there really is some football going on. <laughs> well, so there has not been a game, so there have been no depth charts. But I think, I think, I believe I've heard that the actually the NFL is going to require depth charts to be made after the cut to fifty three. Okay, so it should come Sunday. out this week, and I'm sure. thinking it will probably be Sunday. Great, it, it could be Monday, but I think it could be Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as as soon as we know, you'll know. Yep, uh, and it'll be up on the website. Um, so. Just a little bit of patience. I, I can't tell you there are independent websites like our lads. O-U-R-L-A-D-S. Go to rlads.com. They have depth charts that they've made on every team. And they do a good job of keeping it updated. Like, for instance, Ryan Suckup has already been added to ours. Wow. Uh, however, I don't think they always have all the correct information. As an example, they have Justin Evans listed as one of our starting safeties. Yeah. They've got Tyler John. They took they stuck Tyler Johnson in second on the depth chart with Scotty Miller and Justin Watson behind him, and we know that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It looked it looked largely accurate to me, and they do update it as the season goes along. So, a place like that, if you really are dying to see a depth chart, it's a good starting point. But you could you could just make your own too if you wanted to. I was that's what I was going to say. If you'd want to have some fun, just see how see how. F- See how much you really are following this team. Yeah, and then try to get your depth chart down to 53 players and see how hard that is. Yeah. And you go, oh, I really want to keep this sixth corner. Oh, I'm sorry that I you're th- going to lose an outside linebacker. It kind of sounds like you're trying to build a fantasy team. Yeah, I guess. I don't know so how fantasy. Not a lot of fantasy teams don't have, have offensive charts. linemen on them. So. No, maybe they should. Maybe no, fantasy some. football teams don't have depth charts, Jeff. Nope. Well, there you go. And this is fantasy football season right now. It dra- is. I had a draft last Saturday. It's exciting. Chris Godwin went 18th overall. That's wow. Pretty, that's pretty good. Is it? Sixth pick of the second round. Well, he, so, it, it, oh, the first round was almost all running backs. So you, you so the first round is like running backs and then quarterbacks? or No. Quarter, no? You really don't know much about fantasy football. No, not at all. Quarterbacks don't go early most of the time because – even though they put up a lot of fantasy points, there's not a big variance. There's a lot of quarterbacks that put up similar amounts of points. So other than if it's a, a player like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, um, those guys sometimes put up 
points well ahead of everybody that else. That was me nodding off. Oh, really? Nobody, they, people couldn't figure out what that meant, Jeff? It was really clever. Wow. If you have to explain your jokes, they're not very good. Wow. I can't believe you're giving me a... So all I'm saying is Chris Godwin went 18th you know, overall. I will say this. I will say this. He was about the fifth receiver taken. You are t- you are talking you are talking about fantasy football with as much conviction as you talk about Buccaneer football. Jeff, this is this is don't give me this, this whataboutism here. You can you can you can be into two different things. I understand. Okay, it, you can be completely passionate but, about Buccaneers football, but you know and fantasy also, football. You know it is fake, right? It's it's basically the only thing that. That as NFL employees we're allowed to do as long as well, the, as long as the the possible winnings are below a certain level. So you got the email and the gambling. I'm not huh? a gambler anyway, so no. it really doesn't bother me. But there are probably some people that would like to, you know. But that's an interesting thing is people have to understand that it, that we actually have to take a test and sign things that we will not because honestly, of our information we have. I'm not sure I can perceive. think of. I'm not sure to think of anything other than fantasy football that we're allowed to play. Um, and I don't you, want to, so it doesn't matter to me. You yeah. can't play daily fantasy no, sports. No, you're not allowed to. No. Um, can't go into sports booking. You can't go into sports no. books during the season. Correct. Well, why, why go if it's not during the season? You can't bet on any other sports. None at all. You can go to like a racetrack if you want to. Yeah, yeah. You can you're go allowed to do that. Horses and dogs. Something Literally, like I don't yeah. ever gamble. It doesn't do anything yeah. for me. Right. But it, some people like it, and sure, it's, sure, and it's increasingly legal around the country. No, I tease you about fantasy football. I, I get it. I understand how it how it all. I'll how admit it all that goes. my I'll admit that I'm past the peak of how much I was into fantasy sports. You know, five or ten years ago, I was mm-hmm. probably playing in multiple leagues in both football and baseball. <laughs> now it's just more of a thing you're, to do with your friends. You're not compulsive at all, are you? I'm not compulsive. Okay, a lot of people who like fantasy play multiple leagues. Sure. The the only thing I'm doing with it now is just kind of having fun with friends. Sure. That's all it really is. Well, that's good. It's a good pastime. It's uh, it's I I always laugh because uh, uh, you know I'm I'm around a lot of people uh, during games and and. They're all looking at oh, their phones. Oh, we phone. care, yeah. Yeah, they're all looking at their phones. They're all like... Well, you see... They're, they're smiling. I mean, we're behind and they're smiling. I go, why no. are you smiling? Oh, I just got this, you know? Well, you, you have Saquon Barkley and you see the Giants have scored 40 points. You're <laughs> like, oh, he must be great. That's what I'm talking about. And then you go look at the, the box score and he did nothing and Evan Ingram and Darius Slayton have all the points. I always love when, when fans tell players, hey, I got you on my fantasy team. You know who hates that? Chris Godwin. Ironically enough, because he's probably, he's probably going to be our highest drafted fantasy player this year that's great depending on how you feel about him and mike evans and I, he hates fantasy football. listen listen i'm all about if that's what if that would if that's what brings you pleasure and that's what brings you fun go for it brings especially, eyeballs to the nfl too especially during 2020 you need something to put a smile on your face and move on you know just don't take it too seriously no, well no and don't tell players that you have them on their team if you get a chance to because <laughs> that's not something they really yeah they're not overly impressed they're with not that impressed fyi with in fact you, you, you kind of drop down a peg or two yeah. when they say that but that's okay <laughs> just a little advice from us here yeah just I mean, enjoy I, your fancy sports but uh, yes but I'm, don't tell a player that you, you have them on your team and it starts in in let's see eight days from today is the first game yeah in the nfl yeah that's right the thursday game mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. crazy Kansas chiefs City. and texans yep Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, J.J. Watt, Chris Jones. Sure, it'll be fun. All right. You done? I'm done. Since you did, thanks for listening.